welcome to the Feminine Coaching Podcast. I'm your hostess, Jenna Ward, and today we are here for part two of episode five. I'm really thrilled and deeply honored to invite you into a conversation with Marcella Woodrick today. We're going to be examining her real life success working with the embodied feminine arts in her own coaching practice, which spans many continents. In this conversation, we're having a real honest look at the path to success, as well as a very different way that the embodied feminine arts can be applied. And honestly, we have our own lived experience. I call it embodied experience that is naturally going to flavor the work that we do in the world. And it's so beautiful to be contrasting how these different successful coaches bring their own unique style to the feminine arts. With Marcella, we're going to be speaking about the departure from her more traditional model of working into her own unique brand and style and flavor of magic. We'll be diving into some of the real world insecurities that can still crop up in the coaching journey, as well as some of Marcella's key supports and helpers. I so hope you enjoy this conversation. So Marcella, a very warm welcome. To kick things off, would love to hear from you just an overview of who are you and what work do you do? Mm. Hey, Jenna. Um, first of all, thank you for inviting me onto this. Um, what I do is I work with the body. That's the simplest way to say it. And, I, and I'm looking at delving deep into trauma and how we've wrapped ourselves around our trauma and then where that leads us to today. And in, you know, generally we, we reach a point where the patterns or the coping mechanisms that worked in the past will find a point in our lives where they don't, they no longer work. And, and that's quite often the point where uh, people will come to me say, look, I'm, you know, I'm doing this repetitive thing and I, I, I don't know how to move beyond it. Um, so I started in terms of like who I am, I'm, um, from Los Angeles and from California and I was living in Europe for a number of years quite a while ago and was pretty disillusioned about life and and a friend of mine was studying the work that I ended up studying and it's called the Grinberg method and I was her guinea pig and there was something really just potent to me about the body to, and I, you know, I'd always been a very physical person, like active in sports and doing things, but um, to rediscover this sensation of feeling in my body felt like as, you know, as trivial and corny and repetitive as this might sound, like I'd finally touched myself and reached this place of home and that, that without even knowing I'd been longing for. So I ended up starting to study the Grinberg method and I studied it intensively for about 18 years. And then I had to stop. I had to actually stop affiliating with the Grinberg method um, for reasons I'm sure that we can kind of get into further, but um, I was reaching a barrier with 
their methodology and their approach and the expectation that they put on us. Mm. And it was, you know, it was, it was sort of like everywhere I kept trying to express myself and the point that I'd reached and kind of what I wanted to bring out into the world as a human, as a woman, and also professionally, uh, I kept meeting their nose, you know, their reasons not to. I wasn't doing it their way. And so that, then I started, so I separated myself and then through really like a, a personal journey that then led me to a few professional contacts, I, I found this way, I found my way. And it was, it has been for the past three years, really kind of one of the more potent and magical periods of my life. So um, does that answer the question? That absolutely <laughs> answers the question. And it illuminates a really beautiful point, which is that within each of us, there is, I mean, absolutely, there are amazing tools and resources and structures and frameworks for mm. working with the body, for working with ourselves. And then, and I feel like this is an evolution in the way that women people, humans, desire to work, really needs to feel really sincere, really true and infused with who you are, what your lived, embodied experience, what your natural instinctual wisdom is. And it feels like it was a, you can probably clarify this for us, feels like it's a pretty risky thing to depart from the trodden, well-worn, proven path to say, well, hey, I'm actually going to do this my own way. So I'm curious, what was your experience of saying there's this undeniable wisdom within me that wants to bubble up and I do need to go my own way? Was that something that came easily or was met or well-received by your peers? Um, first of all, I think the audio is a bit strange. Did you hear that kind of in and out or no? Are you hearing that on your end? You're nice and crisp on my end, so, okay, which is where it's recording. So okay, it should cool. be okay. Thank okay. you for clarifying though. Great, great. Okay. Um, ask the question again. <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh yeah. Was no problems. Well no, was it well received? Okay. Yeah. That's a really good question because here's, here's what happened. When I, I met a point in my life when I was in Los Angeles and I had a, a steady practice. I can't say that I felt that it was flourishing but it was steady and it had been steady for a long time. And I was still going back and forth to Europe to study this work. And, but I reached a point where I could feel this kind of slow hesitation. I wasn't enthused about going back and training with these people anymore. And it was scary because in truth, I had come to rely on them. They had kind of set up the scenario as we'll show you the way out and, and, Clearly, I was seeking a way out of something. So I just knew that I was taking a break. And this break turned into a very clear separation. So it wasn't like a decision that I made abruptly. I still had in my mind this connection. But then when I moved, I moved to Bali. I let go of my practice. I let go of really virtually everything you know, sold a home, emptied out a, a beautiful work studio and, um, you know, just, just moved to Bali. Let's just put it that way. And 
slowly over time, I started to feel this separation happening. So the beauty of it, and I perhaps the reason that it wasn't so shocking to my system to do that in relation to this methodology and this group of, this community of people, was that I had taken myself completely out of my normal life and put myself into something brand new. I don't know that I could have made that giant shift uh, had I stayed in Los Angeles trying to move, move along the way I was moving along. I, I actually think that at that point in my life, I needed a very dramatic, abrupt change. And I went through a period when you asked, was it scary? I went through a period, and I think anybody in, these, in this field of working for themselves and um, working with other people will come to, like, there's, there's a, you can be pulled by the outside as opposed to emerge from the inside quite easily and for a number of reasons, you know, so there were, there, I daily had to work with this experience in my body. I worked with it of, I need to get out there. I need to start working again. I need to work with clients. And it was a very anxious place. There was a deeper place inside of me that said, Nope, that is not where you're going to work from anymore. And I, I had, I could take the time and I had to take the time to go through that whole process so that, and then during that process, uh, I met, I did a number of things. I did I, about 500 hours of yoga teacher training from an entirely different, you know, standpoint of, of training and emphasis. And so it was a beautiful contrast to the kind of training that I had been involved with, which while very, thorough and deep and, and accurate was also incredibly masculine and ended up being quite harsh and demanding. So then I go into this yoga teacher training and I saw something so soft and um, fluid and it was quite remarkable to realize, oh, you know, there is a way to reach people and touch people that is not this harsh, demanding approach. And so that was one thing. And then along the way, I also met a woman who started, came as a client initially, and then she started, she, she met with me one day and she said, I want to learn how to bring this quality of mine out through movement. And at that time, I wasn't teaching movement. I was just in Bali. I had kind of put it off, you know, and, I, and she said, how do I do that? So I think I gave her like two or three songs worth of exercises. And she looked at me and she just said, you have to bring this out to the world. And there was something in her confidence that met that deeper place that had been yearning to get this out into the world in my style. So it became a partnership of working with somebody else. And I would highly recommend that with people to you need support you need to find somebody that you can bounce ideas with but but this particular woman i think is quite brilliant um in and her name is tao dang she's quite brilliant in looking and seeing what do you have what what's in there like what's the brilliance and she she pulls it out in a way that reaches people at their level 
which I had never had before because, you know, the, the, the method that I'd studied has a distinct issue with being able to speak in the language of just everyday struggles. You know, there's all, they're always sort of speaking in a language that is um, hard to understand and doesn't actually land deep inside of you. So it was at that point with her and working quite closely with her that I started to not, you know, open up that, that deep longing inside of me, that, that deep wisdom that you call it, and start to give it a shape that could go mm. out into the world, right? And so yeah. if I can interrupt you, what would you clarify that shape as? If you were to mm. put some language around, for lack of a better word, let's call it this message, Mm-hmm. movement, mm-hmm. Uh, the wisdom that is you, if you its shape in terms of words, what is the core essence that is, is resonated from you and that is activated in the, the women, the people, the individuals that you work with? What's the real message, the essence of this work, well, I was giving that some thought before we even started to talk, and I and I looked at, you know, yes, I'm teaching about shame, quite quite deeply, and I'm teaching about all the subjects that could emerge from shame and and your sense of worth. But I thought, well, but what's really what's even underneath that wound? Where do you get to when you get underneath that wound and you reach an intimacy with yourself? And we have those moments where we touch that place of intimacy and it's exquisite and so real for each one of us in our unique way. And so I, I, I truly trust if I look at my own personal journey and then in working with people for the past 20 plus years, that this is what we're seeking. We may on the surface look at, look, I want to learn how to be more lo- loving and tender with my partner, or I want to, um, you know, handle rejection better or you know like we might look at, at kind of the more ongoing daily life scenarios where um, it becomes troubling for us and and tricky and, and 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 twisted but when we start to go deeper in it's like ah there I am here here's here I am in this scenario and then the next aspect of it is giving that place investing in it, nourishing it, trusting it so that you're, you start to express from there. And that I think is what I long for all the time, what I personally seek all the time. And, and like what I'm also extremely willing to risk I'll risk going through whatever I need to go through to get to that intimate place because I trust it and I trust mm. where it, where it leads me. And I, and when I meet it with people, you know, when I meet it, whether it's in a, an online coaching session or in a workshop or in one-on-one bodywork sessions, 
there is the most incredible moment that happens, you know, when, when you feel that in another person and they remember, oh yeah, there I am. You know, there's that, whatever you want to call it, there's that knowing or that wisdom or that intuition or that wholeness. Um, really unexpected things can happen from that place. As you speak, my heart expands with mm. the recognition of the beauty of that. Mm. And it takes so much. Your, one of the words you used was investment, but also real courage to find that place within yourself and to let that be the guiding force in a world that would pull you every which way with its own agendas and its own opinions. And so I'm Absolutely. curious to this point, you've already mentioned some of the challenges that you've faced, but I'm really curious about internal challenges. What do you feel has been or is still one of your biggest internal challenges in claiming this work, this intimacy with this deep part of yourself Mm -hmm. and letting expression and movement come forward from there. What's been one of the biggest challenges for you really bringing this and in a successful way in the world? I would say insecurity and how that can crop up in the smallest of ways Mm. and how that can make my actions wobbly and um, also I can pull away from people and life and scenarios in those moments. And if I look at it on a deeper level, it, it takes me, obviously it takes me away from that place that I spoke about. And it, it sort of, I don't know what the word would be, but like it, it affects my deeper ability to trust. And so I have been looking at that quite quite intensely this insecurity and what triggers it and um what does it feel like in my body and you know the simplest things can trigger it i mean and that's the thing in, in my workshops i work with those little moments because those little moments that happen in our lives um you know the small daily rejections or um moments where you feel a lack of support or a lack of being seen or whatever words you want to put with it. They happen in small moments. They happen when you, and, and you, you might know this, Jenna, cause you know, you, you generate so much wonderful information, but like when you send out an email that's, that's full of your offerings, you know, which, which come from like, for me, they come from like deep in my core and through my heart and out. And then you hardly get a peep back. Right. <laughs> yes. Amazing, yes. Right? yes. And, and like, so, so there's also this very childlike moment of, um, you know, oh, I hope, I hope they like me kind of thing. Right. And I was telling a friend the other day, I thought, my goodness, you know, I'm 55. Like, and this has to grow up. This has to grow up because I am fierce about what I'm doing right now in the world. So to have to encounter that even for a half an hour, right? I just don't want to spend my time there anymore. I don't want to spend my energy there anymore in these insecure moments. And so that's what I'm working with right now because I realize that it weakens my resolve. And then I have to kind of, you know, it doesn't weaken it like it used to in the past. 
in the past, it would weaken it in the sense of being very disillusioned about everything and, you know, why am I even doing what I'm doing? Now I just get kind of emotionally weak because I'm very clear about what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I am like very, very determined to bring these, this, these options and these tools and this possibility of intimacy with self out into the world especially for women, you know, I mm. do work with men, but women are 90, 90% of who I work with. And, you know, the world is set up, as you said, absolutely contrary to what we're trying to do. And so the world can also offer these little moments of insecurity and, um, I don't want to act from that place anymore. So, you know, that, that's, that's a professional and a personal, um, or the personal that absolutely got in, you know, messed with the professional throughout the, my entire career. But now the difference is what I would just, was just suggesting that it doesn't, it, I don't question at all what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I just get weak in the moment from certain things and that can kind of spoil a day of mine or maybe make me postpone doing some writing. You know, it'll just suck my energy in a way that I don't want it to anymore. And it's beautiful that how you describe it, the, uh, on one end, this fierceness, which is a devotion to what wants to move through you and what you've chosen to commit to. And then on the other hand, the insecurity. I think it's so Mm. beautiful that we illuminate the truth that these insecurities don't ever magically evaporate or go away. We choose to evolve our relationship with them. And Mm. as you pointed out, like it might wobble you for half an hour or sap your energy for a day. Whereas I know for me, um, because very similar challenges arise in the past that might have wobbled me for a month or six Mm -hmm. months or a year. Mm -hmm. And so it's really beautiful to see, um, I think to see the evolution of those challenges and just to witness the personal mastery that is absolutely non-negotiably required if one Mm -hmm. does choose to do work like this. Uh, I think we well, must yeah. sign up to do it because we want the, you know, for this personal yeah. story. Yeah, absolutely. And you bring up a very good point because if I look at the 18 years where I was, you know, really immersed in the, in the Grimberg method, I would go back training to Europe because it was based there um, at three, every three to five months. Right. And so when this insecurity would, would, um, pull me, I always had a way out that was sort of like, they were going to save me. Right. I knew that I had a course to go to or mm. something that was going to like get, reinforce me, bring, pull me back up so that when I stepped away and I started to really uh, allow these, this, these deeper desire of mine to just be expressed in my daily life and the, the fierceness grew because I realized, oh, this, I have to now take everything I've learned and just absolutely invest it in, in, in lessening the hold this has on it, in melting its intensity, in I, I don't have another course to go to that's going to save me. 
And so it, that, that separation actually flipped a switch for me that made those, the, the, the tools vital, absolutely vital, so that they are a part of my daily life, this um, experience of myself, this in, in what am I holding in my body? What am I not allowing? Where are the contradictions and how am I holding them? How do I show up um, more tangibly in these moments that are challenging? And what do I need to, and also like separately, if I'm, if I'm you know, on my own and just doing my own practice, what um, past experiences do I need to open up so that I heal? And then I just bring more of myself to what I'm doing. So that the past three years, my own personal practice and commitment to it have been uh, really un like what's the word um, non-negotiable uncompromising uncomprom- mm. yeah like just I'm I'm uncompromising about it because um, it's kind of like a life or death feeling without you know without getting dire but like I know that other path I know where I could end up if I am not committed to movement and to breath and to going into an old experience in order through my body in order to come out of the experience you know I I know it so I like there was a real key point where I said okay well I've already been down that path so what Mm. if I really deeply start to respect myself but deeply and choose this practice and because to go back feels impossible and way too scary <laughs> you know, <laughs> to go back to that other place. Mm. Just like, I just, I just can't do it anymore. It's just not like I, I refuse. So, um, and it's really interesting because what you speak about that deep devotion to personal practice and that cultivation of your fierceness, in my experience, it creates a real resonance around a leader and with people's BS meters, you know, in the, hmm. like this world is so loud. We hmm. are as a society developing so much more discernment around what is true and what's just a big pile of crap. I feel right. like those practices of personal mastery and devotion hmm. to that fierceness and working through those insecurities, which all happen at a really personal level for a leader, it creates such a different field of resonance and desirability about the work that we really offer forward because it's just laced with integrity. And yeah. so, yeah, I'm deeply yeah. on the same wavelength as you. Um, and those tools and supports and practices for personal mastery to continue, I feel like perhaps they're some of the most important things for us to learn as leaders. Absolutely. And so yeah. you've kind of, oh, did you want to add something? No, it just kind of excites me in my body mm. as you talk about it because I, you know, we talk about commitment and, and all the time, but it's like, this is such a commitment to ourselves. Mm. It's such a deep commitment to ourselves. And like, where else are we going to practice the deepest commitment, if not to ourselves, in order then to be able to go out and be really honest, um, integral people? Mm, I just I wanted agree. to add because yeah, I am in deep agreement with you. And so you've kind of spoken to this question a little bit, but I'll see what else we can uh, 
uh, illuminate. The next question I wanted to ask about what has really been your biggest help, your biggest internal resource, and you've already spoken to us a little bit about your practices. So maybe pop them at the top of the list. Um, But if there's something else, very curious, in this evolution of your work, taking some of the great risks, dealing with the insecurities, finding your fierceness, bringing it forward your way, I'm very Mm -hmm. curious, what do you feel has been one of your greatest resources? It might be internal or external that's really helped you to actualize this work across many continents around the world. I, um, I keep going back to the, the fierceness and there's something inside of me that I have always felt. And oftentimes it worked against me. So I'm just going to, you know, put that out there because it's not like a superpower. Um, but there was an intense drive for more and it wasn't greedy. It was always this feeling like, I know there's more richness. I know there's more adventure. I know there's more connection with people. Um, and it, it's a very fiery energy that I have inside of myself. And it quite often younger, like would come out as kind of being a, a more um, like somebody who, almost sought out conflict. You know, I would get more masculine about it and get more tough. And when I started to learn to trust, oh, that's my, that's my fire. And, and what if I actually really trusted it and, and, and kind of dug into what it longs for and started to open that up and instead of looking at it as something that I had to calm down and which, which is what I tried to do most of my life <laughs> and it doesn't work, you know, I, so, so <laughs> it, it just never worked. <laughs> and, and when I started to learn to not be a reasonable human being, but, but it wasn't that I started to be a provocative, unreasonable human being. It was that whatever I feel now, I let it run its course and then I see where it takes me. So it's a mixture of what I've learned in my personal practice, but what was always there as a resource, this, mm-hmm. this fieriness. And, um, and the more that I did that, the more trust that I am, you know, I've, I've gained and that I'm continuing to gain. Because I think that is a challenge, if I can just add this for, for women in general, as we learn to be really deeply stronger and more honest with who we are and our expression of that. I find with women that we will always meet a point where we are afraid to be unreasonable so that yes, we're willing to feel these things, but we want to be able to express them in a reasonable way. And that will always shrink our experience. So the flip side, like say that you've got deep rage, deep anger, something that's really un- an uncompromising, like fieriness for life, um, a, a, a wish to say no in unequivocal terms, a wish to demand for more in your life from people around you, you know, whatever it is, 
to learn to let that expression be complete in your body and then see how you actually communicate that is a very different route than what, we're, what, what I see women doing today. We're like saying, okay, well, I'll feel all these things, but it's st I still have to, but how do I express it? You know, how do I say no in this moment? And, and so I think this, uh, this uh, willingness to be unreasonable and see w how does that emanate out in my body, it also lets me be a very honest teacher because I'm not saying things in a way that is saying, I hope you like me and I hope I'm packaging this so that you, you know, so that it mm. doesn't, so that it lands in a sweet way. You know, I'm not, I'm not ever looking to diminish a human being at all. Like there's a, I have a deep respect for everybody who comes into the door of where, whatever work I'm doing, but there's also that ability to say, to be very honest from deep, deep in my core and, and that you cannot be reasonable. It's not reasonable. You know, our feelings aren't always, they aren't reasonable. They don't always match up to what's standing in front of us in life. Deeply, deeply agree. And that mm -hmm. requires such an intimacy of self, trust of self, resource of safety within self in order to take that kind of stand which is bold and which is beautiful and which is fierce and which is uncompromising and which in no way is the good girl who needs to conform to a popularity contest of whatever the latest trend is. And hell yes, for more leaders who are willing to do that, Marcella. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, agree. I really do agree. I mean, hell yes, for more women, you know, who are willing to do that because I just... Our, our potency is going to spread and, and go into those cracks and crevices where it's needed and start to push away at the structures that have been built up that just are not healing to the world. And mm. I, trust, like, I trust our ability as women to do this. I, I really so intensely trust it. It's just we need to find our way. And it's a different way, as you know, doing it through the body, trusting the body means breaking rules, seeing where the body is going to guide you. And when I say the body, it incorporates the mind and the emotion and the behavior, it's everything. Mm. And being willing to, you know, kind of shock in, without intentionally provocatively shocking, but just, you know, like, ah, it's going to, you have to go through a moment of being uncomfortable if you're going to break some rules that we have been abiding by for thousands of years. Yes. And on that beautiful <laughs> note, which I could not more sincerely agree with. Thank you so much, Marcella. If you'd like to find out more about Marcella, head over to fierceembodiment.com. And if you're interested in the next step towards becoming a feminine embodiment coach yourself, right now enrollment is open for our six-month training with the School of Embodied Arts. You can find out more at feminineembodimentcoaching.com. I'm so grateful that you've joined us for this second part of episode five. 
we're going to have our final installment and episode six coming live to you next week. So if you're not already subscribed, make sure you hit that button on iTunes or enter your details at www.jennaward.co slash podcast and we'll make sure that you get all six episodes straight to your inbox. Thank you so much for joining us in today's conversations.